Hi, you've reached Burger King. To leave a message, press 1. Hey, Burger King, you want to drive biz? I got this idea. I'm a big fan of the way you cook your burgers, but what about chicken? So why not do a flame-grilled burger chicken? Burger chicken? How about we call it the new flame-grilled chicken burger from Burger King? A savory flame-grilled chicken patty topped with veggies on a toasted bun. Now just two for $5. Or mix and match with another delicious sandwich part of the two for $5 deal. The new flame-grilled chicken burger. Only at Burger King. Limited time only. Price and participation vary. Blog Talk Radio. Challenge rock band delivering a commencement speech. Hello, graduates! Here's a song called Adulthood is Scary, but Progressive is Snapshot. Plug it in and save money for being a safe driver. Let me hear you, Cleveland! I mean, Kansas City! Uh, New York? Safe driver save with Snapshot from Progressive. Now you're wearing a stupid hat. Congrats! No, but really, where are we? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Snapshot not available in all states. One is a familiar voice. Mr. Blackman, are you there? Hello, 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 Jacqueline. Hello, Koo. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, absolutely, David. Yes, uh, one of the things that you mentioned here uh, was about the business analysis skill set, and even Felicia alluded to that uh, with entrepreneurs. that, those skill sets really resonate with my listening audience, uh, the project management audience as well. And I always stress the importance of being able to combine uh, those skill sets, those business analysis skill sets with their project management skill sets, especially when working in an agile type environment where the uh, employers are looking for not necessarily um, – uh, an, an agile framework that they that they're trying to employ, but more or less an agile mindset that's really really right. important, and the and the communication and the and the knowledge and and the language as well of business analysis around uh, holding scrum sessions and and looking at the project in sprints as opposed to phases. Can you speak to the importance of being able to switch back and forth between business analysis and project management and how closely uh, involved those two roles are, please? Yeah, well, I think, you know, this this brings me, uh, I was going to ask Jacqueline if I could step back and talk about more about entrepreneurship with BAs, but, but it applies to, to PMs and everybody on the team. And I think, you know, your question, David, um, brings to mind my thoughts about business analysis in general. Um, I, last year at one of the big BA conferences, BBC, uh, which is IIBA's big um, flagship conference, um, I made a statement on a panel saying that in five years the title business analyst will be gone. Um, and, and the reason I said that is because I think everybody on the team, everybody in an organization needs to be a BA or have a BA mindset. Um, and that mindset is, is all about making sure that you're focusing on the right initiative and focusing on the right problem, the right opportunity, and then breaking things down into chunks that people can act upon and, and solve that problem or address that opportunity and take advantage of that opportunity. So um, I think whether you're a PM, QA analyst, uh, whatever your title is in an organization, you have to be thinking like a BA all the time. And, and to that point, I think everybody should be thinking as an entrepreneur. I mean, one thing that entrepreneurs have, so if you're starting a business, you always have in the back of your mind, unless you're you know, Richard Branson now who has, you know, money coming out of the wazoo, but most people don't, right? Most entrepreneurs and people that are running small businesses don't have all this money laying around. So they're always thinking about uh, what what will give us, for my time today, what's going to give us the biggest bang for the buck? 
what's going to make the most sense? And entrepreneurs are constantly thinking about that, and they're spending money and time on things that they believe are going to add value to their business and to their clients, et cetera. So, and I think that's what people in on project teams, whether you're a PM or a BA or QA analyst or a developer, you have to think like that. And I think too many people don't. They're like, hey, I get paid a salary, and, you know, I'm doing my job, I'm doing stuff, and, it, you know, there's this process that we're supposed to follow, so I'm going to pro- follow that process, um, rather than thinking about, okay, what's going to add the most value today to my team, to my project, to whatever you're working on? Um, and I think if people have that attitude, then, you know, Felicia talked about small companies um, creating jobs and adding to the economy. I think the same thing will happen in organizations. If people are doing a better job with their time in organizations, then those organizations can spend more time on things that are going to help their company and help their clients, which will then create more jobs and uh, create better things for, for us and innovate like Jacqueline was talking about. So uh, hopefully that answered your question. I kind of did a little politician thing on you where I wanted to weave in my my points about entrepreneurship, but I think it all kind of flows together. And, and you know, I, I even want to take it a little bit further, Coop, because uh, you're, I think you're right on point. And what I'm hearing, the theme is, is that people need to think about diversifying. <laughs> you know, you diversify yeah. your portfolio. You've got to diversify yeah. your skill set and not just think black and white of BA and PM because, you know, even even myself, because, you know, I kind of have, um, you know, I cross-pollinated even when it came to my certifications between project management, business analysis, and, and the Six Sigma Black Belt, the Scrum Master. And even though I don't u- usually pursue PM roles, my role is business analysis, it helps me better understand what I need to do to support my project manager. So you can, you know, those those um, skill sets, even though they, they may be secondary, not primary, what you're doing it gives you a different perspective. It gives you more longevity. It makes you, you know, you have more marketable skills. It yeah, makes you more, more attractive, valuable. and it differentiates mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So yeah, that, that, there's you know, one of the questions. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you no I was going to say one of the questions, <laughs> one of the questions that um, you had emailed me earlier was about um, being brought in um, as – it was a BA role, but then they were asked to do PM work and testing work, I think, and they were looking for a role that could, where they could just focus on their BA skills and grow. Um, so all this depends on what your um, aspirations are, your personal aspirations are, but I, I see more and more organizations going to, which I believe is a better model around teaming and having people that can do more than one thing. Um, and especially in the BA space, like, there's an argument out there. People say, well, if you were going to, um, if you had to have brain surgery, are you going to go to your family doctor, your primary care physician, or are you going to go to a brain surgeon? Well, I mean, the answer is obvious um, that I'm going to go to a brain surgeon. And they try to use that for business analysis. So if you need business analysis work done, are you going to go to a BA or are you going to go to a generalist? And I think there are some initiatives that really need that brain surgeon type BA, but a lot of things that we work on day in, day out, don't need a brain surgeon. They they need capable people, and that work might even be, you know, spanned across two or three people. It doesn't all have to fall on one person's lap all the time. So, um, And I think more teams are going that way. So you have to... Um, if you want to be, especially in the software space, if you want to be on a software team, it's going to be hard just to focus on one thing and be valuable um, be, because teams have to, teams are going to kind of ebb and flow, and you have to step into different roles at different times when you have that skill set. Absolutely. And, and one of the things, my my experience in, in many years of experience in IT is that, you know, because that analogy back to the brain surgery, you know, in general, 
every brain is created, you know, pretty much the, the, the same. And so the doctors study that, you know, with a brain. But with software and software projects, every project, every company, even every implementation and how they interpret even the different methodologies. You could be using the same methodology, but they all do them oh, yeah. differently. So it it takes those you you know different experiences, and that's what I draw upon. You know, at at this time in my career, I had all these different experiences, and I draw back on all of those to say, okay, well, how should we approach this? Or I've seen a problem similar to it, but not exactly like this. What tools should I use? You know, that type of thing. So IT, you know, right. really takes, and that goes back to that critical thinking. You've got to assess the whole situation, but it's ever-changing. And and a lot of people, myself, I think yourself, we love that. We thrive on it. That's why we, we love IT. So you've got to come into IT knowing that it's just, I, I keep going using that, that term, cookie cutter. It's not cookie cutter. It's not an assembly line. Just because this worked perfectly right. on this project, it may not on the other. So that's where... Um, uh, this is an interesting uh, article that I, I was reading just the other night because on that topic of should BAs be considered, you know, subject matter experts or uh, be the, the resident subject matter expert on a project. And it was saying that getting away from there being one single person that's supposed to be this expert but more of a community taking a community of intelligence is what they call it because right. it takes, you know, collectively. And that's why I fall back on the business analyst is that facilitator, but they've got, yeah. the, you know, part of it is knowing, okay, i got to pull from this person. I need this group over here. I need that group over there. You know, and I'm getting different perspectives for to solve today's types of uh, problems. A- absolutely. And, I, you know, I'd like to use the term lenses, but, yeah, perspectives, lenses, you have to make sure on your teams, and I think a lot of teams struggle with this, and especially I think in the Agile world, um, you have to be really careful because, you know, there's the concept of a product owner, and that's the the person the team is working with to get their input. But And that's fine, but you have to validate um, that that product owner has all these different lenses coming into their viewpoints and the decisions that they're making. Um, so it's okay to have a representative as the product owner, but um, as a team member, do you know uh, you can trust that person, but you have to validate that they're getting these lenses somehow or these perspectives somehow, and that that's so important. Absolutely. So I'm I'm hearing, you know, that 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 diversity. David, you had the question, so <laughs> I think I think they, uh, Coop and I we were on a roll there. But but yeah, did, yeah. did we hit your <laughs> did we hit your question? And do you have a follow up? Yes, yes, absolutely. You hit all the points I was uh, referring to, and uh, we at Technology Expresso we consistently have to pivot and use all of our skill sets because uh, that's how we have been successful because we were entrepreneurs in developing this platform and, and creating this right. platform. And Jacqueline and I, we we called on her business analysis skill sets. We've called on my project management skill sets. We've called on my technical skill sets because I came from the technical side as a wide area network engineer and I parlayed into project management. I rescued myself there. And personally, uh, I, I think the project, project management is the best, one of the uh, toughest jobs in the world because we consistently, and, and I, I may be a little narcissistic here, but we consistently have to manage one of the hardest <laughs> elements, one of the hardest elements. And I, I use, I, I make a reference to the periodic table called, and I call it HE, the human element. We consistently have to manage um, um, personalities and psychologies um, in in managing the different types of resource teams as well as uh, um, our teams, our, our client base as well. So we consistently have to manage a lot of personality. So I think that's uh, really um, uh, tough, and uh, um, but it's also what's made us so successful with uh, Technology Expresso and the ability to uh, use all those different techniques in uh, creating this platform. So it's yeah, more like a not a question. Right. No, no, and I think, you know, Jacqueline, you said earlier that PM and business analysis, they're like cousins. Um, and that, that's one of the reasons, right, because people that play in the BA space, in the PM space, the 
the the largest group or thing they're dealing with is is people. They're trying to help people. Um, so and dealing with people day in day out. So and when you're dealing with people, adding so. Um, some people have split personalities, right? You never know. Um, so you have a lot to you have a lot to deal with, and uh, and to me, it's that's the most exciting part of the job and the most challenging. So. Absolutely, and you know that that's I think is is funny. People that I really see that thrive and are passionate around business analysis and or or, or project management in, in this whole IT space, it's kind of the toughest part of our job is also. You know, if we didn't have it, we probably would be bored <laughs> on any right, other type exactly. of role. But it's like, it, you know, having the constant change and the challenge and, and, and solving problems and, and things being, you know, thrown at us and every day just kind of having a, a little bit of a different configuration and, you know, you you having to, to work and, and, you know, massage the situation and just use different tool sets. Uh, you know, on the one hand, sometimes you come home exhausted, but... Yeah. Hopefully you get a good night's sleep and you're ready to do it all over again. Do it again. And then throw agile <laughs> into it, you know, and every day is even even more dynamic, so to speak. And I and I and I was just saying that to say that I just think that for some that is really um, you know you 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 thrive off of that. You know, it's it's somewhat right. of a uh, for us. Uh, that's where our adrenaline <laughs> we get our adrenaline from is is from that. And something too cookie cutter would not suit you know our personalities. Even though sometimes we always call for we wish you know things would slow sometimes, down, but uh, right. just for yeah. a little bit. <laughs> well, that's what you know. For me, going from the accounting space to to here, where I was in that semi, there was some differentiations here and there, but for the most part, it was like. I had a weekly routine, a monthly routine, a quarterly routine, a year-end routine, and, you know, that just kept going and going and going, and I just couldn't deal. What I loved about project work is that, one, um, every day is a little different, and then, you know, an initiative does come to an end, and you get to work with other people and uh, and do different things, so it's good. And and I I see it like, like I always tell, like, new parents, like, if you're not tired as a parent, and not because of you're not getting any sleep with a newborn, that kind of thing, but you know, as you're trying to parent your child as they're growing up, if you're not tired, then you're not doing it right. And it's the same thing with business analysis. If if you're not tired, because as a parent, you're like, I'm always like trying to look for little teaching moments for my kids. And I like, I joke when I have a teaching moment, I'll be like, this is teaching, you know, life lesson 742, you know, um, and I'll give them that lesson. But you're always listening and looking and, and trying to find, okay, how can I teach and make my my kids better and make me better? Um, and it's the same thing with business analysis. You're always like um, just listening and watching and to how other people are, are reacting. So um, if you're not tired at the end of the day, then you know maybe you're not doing it completely right. And there's things you can tweak. Exactly. Exactly. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you. I just want to thank everyone for for joining us, David. Thank you for you know in, initiating that 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 line of uh, uh, that topic. Um, but for those who have joined us, this is our first show of the year, and we're talking about people who are looking for transition, whether it's transitioning into the BA space. We've talked about that a little bit. We've talked about those um, that even transitioning in and out of whether it's corporate America or, you know, dabbling into becoming an entrepreneur. And I think one of the, the takeaways and messages is that there's a lot of training opportunities if you learn the, the same skill sets that both the combination of project management and business analysis teach you in corporate America, you're going to apply it. And, and Coop can speak to it firsthand, being the, the, the president of B2T Training, um, and then ourselves, David and I, with Technology Expresso. We've both spent years in corporate America, but then we um, jumped out here and created Technology Expresso. But every day, uh, as David mentioned, we're using those project management, business analysis, um, even the Six Sigma um, mindset and, and methods in order to make our business successful. Now, I'm not – I don't want to act like I – 
I knew everything that you just said. Um, oh, okay. There's a couple of ter- terms in there that I, I wasn't familiar with, but um, but I think you know one of the areas, and I think you're you're doing some of this. So I would say this to anybody looking for employment that shouldn't just drop your resume, you know, in in an email and hope that you're going to get called back. I think um, the the name of the game is networking, right? The more people that you know. Um, that you can have conversations with and letting them know that you're looking for things, um, the better. So, so I think you're headed down that path, um, which is good. The other thing is, you know, especially, you know, a big term, I guess it's been some years now, but it feels like it's getting more and more, uh, more play in the agile space is DevOps. So development operations. And part of that is, you know, the actual software development side of it, there's the the testing side, but then the IT operations, like all the things that you, a lot of the things that you talked about um, is needed to make solutions happening. So they're, you know, in the agile space, they're talking about how do we weave in, you know, before it was more the developers, the testers, the product owners doing analysis and that kind of thing. But now they're like, well, to get better and to get faster and to improve, we need the IT operations as, you know, part of that core team. Um, so I think if you're looking at job openings and things like that, look for terms around DevOps or development operations. And I think that's where you might be able to fine-tune your some of your search to that can really utilize your skill set. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Because um, I, I'm like Coop, I didn't understand uh, all of those designations that you you mentioned, but it sounds like you have um, a lot of good experience and, and that background, and it's just that that combination of you know and, and just continuing to kind of get it out there. And you know, the the interesting thing, and, and Coop, you kind of touched upon this too, is that you do have to balance between doing that online search and then that what they call pressing the flesh you do have to still do the the face to face um and there's some some really good meetup organizations um networking organizations sometimes you got to diversify you might belong to one organization go to another i credit going to a six sigma meeting uh coop you may not know this but that's when uh, barb stood up and talked about B2T, and that was my introduction to B2T. So it wasn't, you know, an IBA meeting, um, but going there and when she, she talked about the organization, what they were looking for, and so I got connected with B2T at that time. So you, you just work the network and, and don't get discouraged um, because, like I said, you, it sounds like as far as building the, the right skill set, you know, that, that ties in, too, the other thing that I want to um, – kind of uh, connect some of the dots too uh, based on his question is that sometimes you know in our world especially business analysis we talk about soft skills and hard skills and um, balancing those two out you know that that that's a big conversation so Coop I'll give it to you first and then then I can throw in my my two cents but any any thoughts or anything you want to share with audiences and and job seekers about the hard skill and soft skill um, you know, more than it, it, along the lines of the things I was talking about um, in the first, uh, maybe it was our first uh, session, or maybe it was, maybe it was before Christmas. I don't know. Um, so along those lines, is that what you mean? I just want to make sure I. Right, that when you're when you're creating your resume and 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 your skill sets, because um, to make sure that you can speak to on your resume even showing that you have both soft skills and hard skills because it, it in my mind I think right. that when going back to what we're talking about the blended roles you no matter what role you are no matter how technical you are make sure you also have uh, some soft skills too that that appear on your resume that's my thought yeah no no absolutely so I think you know on the, the hard skill side resume wise I think um, and this goes back to using current terms of of whatever you know job you're seeking for that you're using the terms that people are going to be looking for um and and I think you have to keep up so I know in the the BA space it's like using things like the BA box or you know using terms that are used in agile um so that people at least see those and recognize that oh okay they're up on on the the current um techniques or the things that are going on and um, you know, I had this 
uh, I got, I did a presentation and got some feedback, and one of the comments was, this is nothing new. It's just um, things, you know, different terms for the same things we've been doing for years. And you can say that about almost anything, right? I mean, so many people earlier in the Agile days would be like, oh, we, I did this in, with RAD, you know, back in the 70s. There's nothing different. Um, I'm not buying into this Agile thing. Well, you know, if the employers are calling it X, you call it Y, you know what? They're not going to look at your resume. So um, you can, you know, get on a high horse about it and be like, I'm, you know, I'm calling it what I called it for years. You can do that or you could call it what other people are calling it so that you're recognized and you can have a conversation. Yeah, and then on the softer side, you have to talk about how you interact. I mean, these days we're all working on a team. So how do you interact with a team? What do you do? What differentiates you how you play on a team versus how others play on a team? And use, you know, use LinkedIn, right? I mean, people can give you recommendations. Use LinkedIn to and ask people to give you recommendations, not just on your technical skills, but on your um, on how you act as a team player and a collaborator and a communicator. So, so it goes beyond the resume, right? I mean, with technology today, we're able to um, have that out there, and you can send people, right? You can send them to your LinkedIn profile to see all this great stuff about you. That goes way beyond what can be on two pages of a resume. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know the, the, the one thing. Oh, oh, Dave, go ahead. Go right ahead. Yes, yes. I, I just wanted to follow that up and and speak to Dwayne's uh, point as well. Um, as an engineer, um, well, when you get in an interview, well, you've already got the interview, so you know that they recognize your skill sets. In an interview, you have to be able to uh, pivot and show your other skill sets, as, as Coop mentioned, your collaborative skill sets and differentiating. As I'm, uh, Dwayne and I were speaking earlier today, and I mentioned how in project management we call our different uh, 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 um, uh, stages, uh, uh, phases. Well, in an agile world, they call them sprints. So, uh, being able to communicate and change the language to be more relevant today to the technologies and the methodologies that are uh, that are being utilized today is equally important. And showing uh, that you can work in an agile mindset, meaning collaborative mindset, will uh, show your potential employers that you can work with the other positions, the other key elements of the overall project or initiative, such as your business analysts and your project managers as well. So I just wanted to uh, reemphasize that which uh, Coop spoke of and show how it's um, related to Dwayne's point and his skill sets and his uh, needs as far as employment is concerned. Absolutely. I'll throw my, my last two, two cents in, and then I, I'm doing a, a quick time check here. Um, and, and I want to uh, tie in one last last question and give Coop and, and David an opportunity for that. But but one of the things I wanted to say to Dwayne, too, is not knowing the, the whole context, but a lot of times if you're not getting the, the potential hit, sometimes you have the, the credentials, but maybe they're looking at the, the years of experiences. And one of the things I say, um, it, whether it applies to you or maybe to some of our younger callers, um, and you're looking for experience, I always say there are always volunteer organizations and opportunities, whether it's professional organizations or um, even uh, other nonprofit organizations that need technical support, need technical help, or trying to build things uh, back in networks and, and, and so on and so forth, where you can volunteer and still do projects, get recommendations, and it's a form of networking as well. So if you need to get some experience to augment um, some of your uh, education, that's one of the ways. Look at volunteer. And it's just one way just to stay active because we all know even when you learn something, use it or lose it. So um, if you've gotten this skill set and right now you're not actively being able to apply it, then look at, you know, volunteering. That that That's one of the things that I was going to, to recommend too. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, we talked earlier on the call about diversifying. So if you have a very, very, very technical background, 
maybe uh, augmenting it with something like a business analyst class or a project management class uh, that would show that you have other skill sets and it differentiates you from someone else who does have the same exact, um, you know, certifications that you might have. So anything that, you know, makes you stand out and and shows your diversity, I think, is is a good takeaway from our our call overall today. It's all about uh, diversifying. Um, Now, I want to just dovetail, if if we still have time, Coop, for just one more question. Yeah, let's do it. I I could do this all day. I mean, I'm trying (laughs) to figure out how I I, – make a good enough income doing radio shows. Um I love this. Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. And and our um audience is is really getting fired up. I mean, they're starting off the year with some some really good questions and I I just realized for for those who are still on the phone, again, you can press 1 and that's how we know that you're in the queue. So you may be wondering how did some people get in the queue? You press 1 and then um our uh co-producer Javon, she'll talk to you and uh find out your name and see if you have a question and then she lets us know. So, if you didn't get in on today's show, we're doing this um, every other week on Tuesdays. Tuesdays is going to be our date, um, and we're trying to do it around the lunch hour. But stay tuned and, and follow us uh, via Twitter and or via technologyexpresso.com to make sure that you know when the next show is coming up and you can participate live. And you can also tweet us. We have a hashtag right now uh, on Twitter, which is biz, B-I-Z, tech, Live chat, so hashtag biz tech live chat. You can send us a message. Just let us know that you're listening. Let us know if you like the show. And as Coop says, if you didn't like the show, keep it to yourself. No, <laughs> I, I'm taking it from you, Coop. <laughs> um, yes, and, you can use my jokes. I'm, I'll only charge you a small royalty. So that's good. <laughs> okay, and then. Um, as well as, again, you can follow us on, on Facebook. We're on all of the uh, social media handles. So, But uh, if you want to, to tweet uh, a comment, we will uh, look for that. And I also want to acknowledge um, I've been sharing out on Twitter if someone emails us a question or sends us a question through the Tech Expresso app that I would um, acknowledge them and they would get a certificate uh, via email for a cup of coffee from Tech Expresso. So I want to acknowledge that we've got two emails, uh, one email and one that submitted a question via the app. So uh, one is for Roger. So, Roger, you know who you are. And also Keith. And, Keith, I was going to read your, your question um, next, and uh, we were going to um, talk through Keith's question before the, the show was over. And, again, I just want to reiterate for our audience that uh, Coop is the president of B2T Training, who is the sponsor of this segment uh, of Ask the Analyst and BizTech uh, Live Chat. And so special shout-outs to to B2T Training. And stay tuned because you'll hear more about B2T Training and what they have to offer. But let me run this one more question by you, uh, Coop, and this was – uh, from a young man named Keith, but he, similar to um, our, our our last caller, he has a rather technical kind of network type background, and he is looking to transition. He'd like to go into business analysis. He's actually taken some classes and dabbled in it a little bit, and um, that's where he thinks he wants to transition or go next. So he's trying to change and update his resume, but what he's finding is that he's not getting a lot of hits because he doesn't necessarily have the front-end exposure from a business perspective. And so everyone just sees his his technical uh, background. And so he's just wondering, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's frustrating, but how does someone that is technical, knows how to build software, um, that wants to transition over and be taken serious when they apply for business analysis uh, jobs? What, what would you... What would you say to them? Yeah, I think, you know, this is the – so I came from the SME route. He's more technical. I think he needs to uh, probably put 
in his resume or in his, you know, maybe it's a cover letter type thing. And, and my, when you're, you're in these positions where you don't have the, the information in a resume or even on LinkedIn where people are searching um, and finding you because you have the, all the, the keywords that they're looking for, um, it does come down to networking and, and getting your story down and how your experience is actually a huge benefit to the organization. So, again, I, I think it was Patricia when we were talking to her coming from the SME side and her using the angle of of that business knowledge and she can get the technical knowledge that she needs um, and finding those teams that have the gap of of that business knowledge and jumping and really pushing into those teams. I think it's the same thing, Keith, for you. It's It's finding, networking, and discovering the organizations that um, maybe have a stronger balance or a stronger uh, leaning skill set on the teams where they're too business and not as much technical, and they need to get their VA team a little stronger on the technical side for some credibility, and then kind of jumping on one of those teams and, again, building up your skill set. So, you know, we work with a lot of organizations that still have, you know, VA managers and um, that have VA teams, and some of them are matrixed. A lot of them are not anymore where the VAs the are, are working on dedicated teams, but they still have somebody, maybe not their HR manager, but somebody over the VA practice. And you want to be looking for networking with people with titles like VA manager or VA lead, and if, I think if you do a search on LinkedIn, you'll get a ton um, of those people. And try to find organizations and try to find those leads because they're going to be the ones that know where their team is a little deficient in and where you can really fill that gap. Um, so if, they're, if, they have, if they have teams that have a lot of technical knowledge, then that might not be the best team for you. But the te- there are teams out there that have – real business-oriented BAs that know the business well but struggle on that technical side and trying to find those um, that where you could jump in and fill that gap for a team. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and the other thing that I was going to, to add to that is from a resume perspective is going to different formats of the, the resume. There is the, the functional resume where you're pulling out the, those skill sets and emphasizing those skill sets. And, again, if on your, your current job, and I, I think that this is general um, recommendation for everyone who's dialed in to the call because they're, they're in transition if there's that job that you want to, that you can see down the road that you want to be in, you've got to figure out what that skill set is and how you can demonstrate, exercise that, whether, like I said, going back to volunteer opportunities. Um, you know, if you want to, I've heard people say, I want to be in a leadership role, but my company doesn't have any openings for a senior PM or a senior BA. Um so what you know, I'm just stuck. If you give up, that's your choice. But the other option is is find, like I said, a volunteer opportunity that looks needs a leadership, so that you can exercise and show, have people that can recommend and, and give references that they've seen you in an active role as a leader. So then, when you're applying for that job, you have that, and it wasn't necessarily on the job that you got paid for. It was in a volunteer role. It shows. So much initiative and, and other things on top of that, but it, then you can speak to both on your resume and in interviews examples where you use this different skill set. So you know, I, I, I put that right. out there as well. Yes, I like that. Yeah, add no, on to that, Jack. Oh, go ahead, Dave. I could. I want to thank thanks, Scoop. Um, as far as the resume is concerned, I've seen recently some resumes come across my desk from my uh, PM community and even my engineers, where their resume is extremely short. Um, where they were, uh, if you recall back a while ago, 
uh, staffing agents were emphasizing that you put your resume on one page. Well, that does not apply in this arena. It does not apply in the technical arena. I'm going to uh, uh, differ with them on that. We have You have to be able to show your experience. That's what everyone is looking for. They're not printing this out and looking at it as a one-page or two-page. They're looking for content, and you have to be able to speak to the multiple skill sets they're looking for as a business analyst, as a project manager, and even as an engineer. You have to speak to those skill sets. My resume, if I print it out, it would be about four and a half to five pages long, and that's just it, and, and, and they're all over me. So, I'm, you know, so you have to be able to speak uh, uh, to all the different specialties that they're looking for, and you cannot do that in one page. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and if, if I can add to to what David's saying, if we have some time, um, the, the the key, I think, part of it is with the resume piece is twofold. One is the cover letter. So you have to be thinking about, so Keith, to your specific situation, if you're going for a more BA position and you have this technical background, Answer the question for them in that cover letter, why they should look at you, right? Because you know they're questioning, you know, there's a bunch of BAs out there that have BA experience. Why would I look at at Keith's when he has all this technical experience and he's going to be more junior on the BA side potentially? So you have to answer that question, right? Be right up front and say, this is why you should hire me over anybody else. So uh, I know it's hard. A lot of people are humble. Um, so they don't want to come out and do that. But you, I mean, hey, if you want to, if you want a job, you get. You're the only one. Uh, unfortunately, I always used to say this: like I need an agent, right? I would be so much better <laughs> if I had an agent, because um, it's hard for us to sell, you know, our, ourselves. But so you have to be out there and, and answer that question. And then in the resume, and I think David and Jacqueline were both saying this in in slightly different ways. But the way I summed it up was. You have to change your resume, not to necessarily what you were doing day out, but how that translates to the job that you're looking for, right? Um, so your title might have been systems analyst or engineer, but if you, whatever job you're looking for, the, what did you do in that role that, you know, back to David's point, you might have four and a half pages of explaining, not that you were able to code, you know, for X amount of time on this application and that application, you know Java, because you don't need to know Java necessarily to be a BA, right? But what did what did you do on that job? And I worked with so many developers that were incredible analysts, um, and that could transition with without a problem. But you have to explain what you did on that job that relates to the role that you're looking for. And I'm sure Keith, you have a lot of that. You just need to potentially, if you're not doing that already, potentially just change some wording around. Absolutely. And and one of the things is, is that, you know, like you're saying, you've got to format that resume. That resume has to get their attention, the cover letter. Then let's say you get the interview. The next thing I always say, you've got to be able to sell it. And some of that, if you need to, to practice with people and different organizations, we belong to uh, BDPA that uh, there's certain times of year they do coaching to help people to do uh, mock interviews for that practice. But get with someone in practice and practice selling it. You've got to believe it, and you've got to make the person across the uh, desk believe, too, that you think that you know that you know that you can do it, and um, and that if not, that you can grow into it. You know, similar to what Patricia was saying, she may not have a skill set now, but she wants to convince them that I have enough that I can provide you value now, and I'm going to continue to develop myself in those areas that I know I need to grow into as well. So, um, practice, practice, practice. So. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, I just want to, you know, Coop, great show. You know, we, we, we can talk about these things, but I am also want to leave uh, a couple of nuggets so that our audience will join us again uh, two weeks from today uh, when we continue talking about all things around business analysis, IT, um where this field is going, with the opportunities. You know, there's a lot of great opportunities in business analysis. Um, it's changing and evolving in some interesting and exciting ways. 
So people who are in it, I know that, uh, you know, we can dive even further maybe on our next call, you know, for people who are already in business analysis. You know, there's some talk about, well, where do you go? Where, where's What's going to happen to enterprise analysis? You know, do all do business analysts grow up to be project managers? You know, there, there's some different avenues we can go and, and talk about there, I'm sure, and, and I'm sure our audience may have questions and or have their experiences as well to share with us. Well, you know, what's next? Where does product management and program management do do those can business analysts go that route can they go into the business architect you know arena so more to talk about for sure but i just want to thank you again coop always in love and, and enjoy these engaging conversations and now we get to it's just not you and i you know solving all the world problems uh we That's now right. have it's a community a, it takes people. a village yeah. Exactly. It absolutely does. And thank you, of course, uh, David. And again, thank you, Javon and Anisha, um, who help us as well. Uh, Anisha will help post today's conversation. We'll, we'll have the transcript out there, and you can also find it off of the B2T website. Um, share it with your friends and let them know about this reoccurring series. Let me give you the, the final word, uh, Coop, your, your thoughts about today's show and topic and just even anything you want to share with our audience. Since it is 2016, anything you want to share as far as B2T and, and what they can expect and look for from B2T? Great. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'd love just to reiterate, um, Jacqueline, I love these these talks and can't wait until uh, the 19th when we do it all again. Um, I think, you know, as far as B2T training, I mean, we're, we're here to help, um, whether it's you individually or at your company, to, to improve and develop your BA practice. We believe that organizations have a lot of smart people in their organizations, so why not develop them um, and build their skill sets to, to be better and perform better and do better things at your organization, and that's that's where we can come help and augment some of the things that you have going on in your group. Um, you know, one of the big things that I mentioned the last time that we're we're getting ready to, to start to embark on is um, a video series. Um, and Jacqueline, we hope you're you're a part of that, and you'll be um, one of the faces on the video. But just a video series with a lot of the different techniques and tools that we use for business analysis. So it's a way one for organizations to have access. To the videos to, to get access to things when they need it uh, on the job, but also a um, an entry point for individuals to get some more information at potentially a lower cost option than um, some of the other things that are out there in the market. So we're really excited about that and um, hoping to get started pretty soon on all those things. Well, excellent, excellent. And I'm going to leave our audience with a, a little bit more information about B2T and how to connect uh, with B2T. I have a couple of final shout-outs. I want to say hello to Tasha, who's joined us on today's call, and our Lisa, who I think she's three for three on our, our calls. Thank you, as always, for for joining us. And, again, continue to share, and we'll, we'll grow, and, and we'll keep this think tank going. But for now, we have used and abused our time a lot, but we had a lot of great conversation and ideas. But until next time, we will talk to you next uh, in two weeks. Uh, Coop and I will be here. And look forward to uh, Felicia and I talking with our pink entrepreneurs, uh, and that will be uh, next Monday, actually. So join us for that as well. But stay tuned to our website for our full schedule. But Hang on there and uh, learn a little bit more about B2T, and after that, we will talk to you in two weeks. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Coop. This episode is Thank sponsored you. by and features B2Ttraining.com. B2T Training has trained and equipped almost 15,000 of the most successful and high-performing practitioners of business analysis since the year 2000. Our courses are developed and taught by the most respected and highest qualified experts in the industry. We know that transforming the way you and your team perform business analysis is not a one-size-fits-all approach. And we understand that your business analysis practice has unique problems and deserves a unique program offering. 
Using our holistic approach, we will identify the pain points that will result in the best opportunity for your team or organization to realize the change they're trying to achieve. Change begins with knowledge and skills. Our learning events also include ongoing enrichment and reflective activities that provide students the boost they need to sustain their learning and competency. In other words, we make it stick. Get your business analysis training from the most respected and highest qualified source of experts in the industry. Find out more about our public class offerings in various U.S. locations or call to speak with one of our training solution sales associates toll-free at 866-675-2125. Follow us on social media and visit www.b2ttraining.com. That's B, the number 2, T, training.com and see our full course outlines, blog, and free downloadable resources. We get it. We'll help you get it too. presents sharing versus oversharing. Earlier this week, Claire Tippins shared a princess nickname generator, three pictures of her dog wearing a tutu, and two online quizzes, including what candy is your dream castle made of? Claire, your sharing has tipped the sugar scale and turned into oversharing. But have no fear, princess. Geico has something worth sharing with your internet kingdom, like how you can save hundreds on your car insurance just by visiting geico.com. No magic wand required. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance.